Recorded live. Thanks for tuning in to PTN Talk Radio. We're your host, Mike and Ren Bear, and God bless y'all. We're glad to tune in. Uh, our co-hosts, Ricky and Rachel Jennings, they had an emergency. Need everybody to be praying for uh, Rachel. She ended up having a bad fall last night, and uh, she's at the hospital. So that's where they're at, and our prayers are with them. And also, too, we just pray for all the uh, families of the victims of 9-11. I'm sure this has got to be a hard day of remembrance for them and just ask the Lord Jesus to comfort them during this time. Today we're going to be talking about Jesus comes in the clouds. And this is a really awesome topic because we know that when Jesus comes in the cloud, it's also known as the coming of the Lord, the day of the Lord, the day of the cloud, great terrible day of the Lord. I mean, so many places. But, you know, I want to start with here with um, with Acts, I believe it was, Acts 1, 9-11. And Jesus is speaking. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into heaven? The same Jesus which was taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. To go into heaven. So they were telling him, the same way you saw Jesus leave, go into heaven, which a cloud, he'll come back the same way in the cloud. So we know there's only one more coming of Jesus. We know that he's coming after the tribulation, and we know that Jesus is coming in the clouds. Now, something else I want to point out as well, too, in Revelations 1 7, it says, Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindred to earth shall well because of him, even so, amen. That's Revelation 1-7. Now, you notice it says every eye shall see him. So there's no way there can be a secret snatching, a rapture, as many of them claim to be, that he's going to come and sneak us out of here, you know, and we're going to disappear. No, it says every eye shall see him. Even those who pierced him are going to see him. Everyone, every kinder of the earth shall well because of him. So we're going to be able to, everyone's going to see this event happen. So we've got to understand that. Okay, so we're going to look at, other scriptures, uh, Jesus said in Matthew twenty six sixty four, Jesus uh, saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. So we see many places Jesus saying that he comes in the clouds. And what I think is very interesting about that is if you go look in the Old Testament, many times God, which is Jesus, same, 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 same Jesus, same God, <laughs> he came in the clouds. He came in the cloud even in the Old Testament. Let's look at a few of them. Exodus thirteen twenty one, and the Lord went before them by day a pillar of a cloud and led them the way, and by night in the pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. Exodus sixteen ten, and it came to pass, and Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel as they looked toward the wilderness. And behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. Okay, remember, he's supposed to appear. He's going to come. So here we go, Exodus 19, 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak, uh, speak with them and believe thee forever. And Moses took the words of the people unto the Lord. Exodus 34, 5. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. So you see him right there in many places. Uh, here's another one, Numbers 11:25, And the Lord came down in a cloud. So we keep seeing cloud coming up. So he's doing, he's not doing anything different. 
okay, that he done Old Testament. He's not doing anything different in the New Testament. When he came here as a man, he came through, a womb, you know, through the womb. He grew up as a man. He was crucified. He resurrected. The disciples saw him go up in a cloud. He was, they were told by two men in white peril, why are you guys here at heaven? Why are you standing right here looking up in heaven? They're saying to him, that same Jesus that you saw taken away is going to come back in like manner with the same way. You saw him go up, he's going to come back down the same way in a cloud. So that's, that's very important, but I really like it how he done that in the Old Testament. So we see very clearly the coming of the Lord is a day of the cloud. Joel 2, 2 says, a day of darkness, of gloomness, a day of the clouds, a thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and the strong, there have not been ever like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. Zephaniah 1, 15, that the day uh, is the day of wrath. Remember God's wrath? We talked about that a few weeks ago. The wrath of the Lamb, the wrath. God's wrath coming, the, the last uh, the uh, last plagues, the seven vials, which are the wrath of God. So that's why it's called the day of wrath. It's also called the day of distress, a day of waste, uh, wasteness and desolation, a day of darkness, of gloomness, a day of the clouds and thick darkness. So we see this event, it, it lines up with Scripture when the Lord comes in clouds. That's why it's called the day of the clouds, the day of the clouds, because that's what's going to happen that day, what day? the day the Lord comes. So that's what we got to remember when we when we see this. So you want to share anything with us, Mike, yet? Okay. Uh, you know, we just got to understand what's happening in here and what's taking place here. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 29 through 31, immediately after the tribulation of those things. Now, this is where Jesus was sitting upon the Mount of Olives. His disciples come to him and said, When shall these things be? And shall, what shall be the sign of thy coming into the world? And he begins to tell them about, about uh, first thing he says, Let no man deceive you. And he tells them about wars and rumors of wars, pestilence and earthquakes and all these things. And then he tells them, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn. Remember we just heard welling? Remember we just spread welling? Here we go, mourning, well, mourning and welling is the same thing. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with all power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect, from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. So we see right there, Jesus says he comes in the clouds. So it's all lining up with scripture. He also said it in Matthew 13, verses 24 to 27. But in those days, after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars, shall, uh, the stars of heaven shall fall, and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and then shall he send his angels, and shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one, from the utmost part of the earth to the utmost part of heaven. So it's right there, and then again in Luke 21, 27, and then shall they see the Son of Man, the Son of Man is Jesus, coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So we see many scriptures that tells us, this is what's very important, you know, take time to go and look at scripture and see these things for yourself, okay? 
we don't want you, you know, take his word for it. That's what we always tell people. You take his word for it. You go look in those scriptures for yourself and begin to study these things out. And, and, and look at stuff like Jesus coming in the clouds, Jesus coming, look up, up after the tribulation, look up clouds, look up these things. And if you, and if you go on our site, we've actually done it for you, but, but we want you to do it. We want you to get in there and study those scriptures and let the Holy Spirit teach you so you know these things. And, you're, you know, we're not... You know, you know, he told us these things so that we would know. You know, this is very important here that we can understand. Before the day of the Lord comes, things like that, he tells us things that's going to happen. He said, he even told us that this generation will not pass till all these things be fulfilled. See, there, there's a timing for everything. He tells us that there's a timing. It's his appointed time, and that's why we need to understand what the scriptures is telling us, when you begin to look in scripture and you begin to see, well, what is it, Jesus coming in the clouds? What, what do you mean he comes at the last day? Look these things up for yourself so you may know these things, and, and you know, you may know the truth about this, so we are not, you know, you know ignorant of these things, and, and then we're able to stand in, in this evil day. A rapture has deceived so many people, you know, because they're looking at ways to save their life. And Jesus said, whosoever loses their life for my name's sake shall save it. So when you go and you look at, they agree, pre-trimmers agree, Jesus comes in clouds. But go and read those scriptures that we just read. He tells this event happens after the tribulation. So if it happens after the tribulation, we can't put it before. We, ha- we have to stand in, in firm. Uh, Mike, you want to... Uh, <coughs> You want to go? Do you want? You got any scriptures you want to look up or or, or talk about too? Okay, he's pulling one up as well too. But you know, I mean, he warns us uh, in in this world you shall have tribulation. Be a good cheer, I've overcome the world. He's warned us that it, tribulation, uh, you know, uh, uh, to have patience in tribulation. You know, these are things that we're being warned about. If we're not going to be here, then what would be the purpose in warning us if we're not going to be here? That makes no sense. It's like when it tells us that, you know, Satan and the Antichrist will make war with the saints. How can you make war with the saints if we aren't here? You can't fight a battle with someone who's not there. And so that's what we need to understand as we begin to, uh, uh, what, what are you fixing to look at? Uh, there? Whatever you choose to there. Uh, you know, okay, these are just, I'm going to throw some questions out there while he's looking. I'm going to look at some, uh, Mike, if you want to do some of the uh, questions, would be your questions for free trivers? Because we wanted to focus on the clouds, but we want people to understand that when Jesus comes in the clouds, it's after the tribulation. That's what was scripture we just read. So, you know, okay, here's something, a question to ask a, a, a pre-tribber. I'm going to do the first 10, but I'll let you do some. Okay? Is that cool? All right, we'll get this out here. Okay, let's do this. If, if, if Jesus coming is going to be a surprise or a secret, then how do you explain the scripture which says every eye shall see him? In Revelations 1 7. Why did Jesus say he comes immediately after the tribulation if he's really going to come before the tribulation? Matthew 24 29 through 31, Mark 13 24 through 27, also in Luke 21, you can find it. Question number three I'll ask you Why did Paul tell us that Jesus comes as the last trump? 1 Corinthians 15 51 through 52. Question number four. Why did Jesus and Martha tell us that the resurrection is the last day if we are going to be raptured before the last day? And that's in John 6, 39, 40. 
John 6.54, and John 11.24. Who are the saints that Satan makes war with if, 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 if they are all, if they've all been raptured? Revelation 13.7. Why did Jesus pray that we be not taken out of the world in John 17.5? If we're going to be raptured out of the world. Makes no sense. Why did Jesus, uh, number seven, who, who is the two set of people coming out of tribulations in Revelation 7, 1 through 17? We see one's numbered and one no man can number. So who are these two sets of people then if, we're being, if we've been raptured? Number eight, why are we told that the wheat and the tares grow together until the end of the world if we are going to be raptured before the end of the world? Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. Number nine, who are we, who, why are we told the tares are reaped first if we're going to be reaped first, according to the people who believe the rapture? Matthew 13, 30. Is there enough to that? Okay. Uh, number, uh, number 10, how do you explain Paul saying the coming of the Lord and our gathering unto him are on the same day? and happening after the man of sin, the son of perdition, which is the Antichrist, 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 1 through 3. Now, I'm just asking the question. You have to answer. And you can find this, you can find this on our site at posttribnetwork.org, these questions with the, with the scriptures, questions for pre-tribbers. Just scroll down until you find it, and you'll see it. It's in alphabetic order for you. Very simple. If the great tribulation is, is the wrath of God, then why is it being poured out upon the righteous? Revelation 13, 1 through 18. Revelation, uh, excuse me, 12. Why do pre-tribbers claim the tribulation is the wrath of God when we are told that God's wrath is the seven vials, which are the seven last plagues, according to Revelation 15, 1, 6, 7, 8, and Revelation 16, 1? Take the time to look these up for yourself. Can you show any scripture where Jesus is coming two or three more times? Hebrews 9.11 tells us he's only coming once. 14. Why do, did Jesus say he was coming after the tribulation? In Matthew 24.29-31 and Mark 13.24-27. You can also find it in Luke 21. Number 15. Did you know that Satan has a great wrath? Revelation 12.12. 12 warns us. Woe unto the heavens of the earth and the sea, for the devils come down to you having... What? Great wrath. Why? Because he knows he has for a short time, it tells us. Did you know that there are two white horse riders in Revelations? Revelation 6 2 and Revelation 19 11 8 through 18. Yes, and then we got that study, the two white horse riders. Revelation 17. Why did Jesus say you shall have tribulation if, we, if we're not going to be here for tribulations? And John 16 33. Number 18, why do you believe to come up hither in Revelation 4 is a rapture, but do not consider to come up hither in Revelation 11? There's also a come up hither, too, where the, where the two witnesses are told to come up hither after they've been killed. 19, if the coming of the Lord is as the days of Noah and Lot, and it happened on the same day, then wouldn't Christ's coming and his wrath be the same day as well? Luke 17, 26 through 31. And number 20, if the Christians are all removed from the earth before the Antichrist, 
then who are the ones being killed for refusing to worship the image of the beast? Revelation 13, 15. Mike, do the rest of your questions. All right, thanks, Ren. Number 21, and you can check this this questions out, study out on posttribnetwork.org. It's uh, the pre-trib frequently asked questions. And uh, start verse number, sorry, number 21. Uh, Doesn't scriptures tell us that the coming of the Lord and our gathering come after the falling away and the Antichrist be revealed? Find that answer in Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one to four. And number twenty-two, is it Christians or the hundred and forty-four thousand that are redeemed from the earth? In Revelations fourteen, verse three, you can look at that answer. Number twenty-three, does the Word of God teach? or teach us of a rapture or resurrection? And all those answers would be in Matthew 22, verse 23, Matthew 22, verse 28, Matthew, or Mark 22, verse 30 and 31, and Mark 27, verse 53, Mark 12, verse 23, Luke 14, verse 14, Luke 20, verse 27, Luke 20, verse 33 and 36, 36, John 5, verse 29, John 11, verse 24 and 25. Okay, now number 24. Pre-Trevor's claim, Jesus comes as a thief, as a thief, by saying it is a secret. If this is if this is true, then why does the Word of God tell us He comes as a thief to those who are in darkness? Good question. You know, think about that. You can find that answer in First Thessalonians five four. Now you can. Now the Word Word of God t- tells us everything, and you just got to go and. Find out these answers to to questions. These, these are the questions that people ask all the time, and, and questions we've had before too. And number twenty five: How can Jesus come without destroying the wicked with the brightness of His coming, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse eight? And how come we are told? that the righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. Well, Proverbs 10.30 answers that. Verse 27, why did Jesus tell us about whosoever loses his life for his name's sake shall save it if we are going to be raptured? Good question, right? We find that out in Matthew 16, verse 25, Mark 8, Verse 35, Luke 9, verse 24, and Luke 17, verse 33. And why are we to, why are we told we are as sheep headed for the slaughter if we're not going to be raptured before the tribulation? That's a very good, very good uh, 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 question right there. 
You can find them answers in uh, Psalm 44, verse 22, Jeremiah 12, verse 3, and Romans 8 and 36. Number 29. Why are we told, he that endure until the end, the same shall be saved, if we are going to be raptured before the end? Question. Matthew 24, verse 13, Mark 13, 13, and James, chapter 5, verse 11. Why did Jesus say he is with us until the end of the world if we are going to be raptured before the end of the world in Matthew 28, verse 20? Good question. How are the wicked severed? from among the just, if the just have already been raptured. Yeah, right? Matthew thirteen forty nine explains that. And how come Job said, God would hide us in the grave until his wrath be passed if we are going to be raptured for his wrath? Job 14, verses 10 through 15. Number 33. So the scriptures tell us that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night, and the heavens will pass away. So if the heavens pass away, then where will you be when where will you where will you be raptured to? Job fourteen twelve, Isaiah chapter thirty four verse four, Isaiah fifty one verse six, and Peter second Peter, excuse me. Chapter 3, verses 10 through 12. When will Jesus... When when Jesus comes, he will destroy the wicked with the brightness of his coming. So, how can there still be people on earth for seven more years, according to pre-trib teachings? Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Number 35. How will Satan make war with the saints if the saints are raptured? Daniel 7, 21. Revelation is chapter 7, verse 17. Revelation 13, 14, or 4. And Revelation is chapter 13, verse 7. And they, they will all explain that question. Another good question here. How will anyone be able to be raptured and enter the temple of God before God's wrath be poured out? Find that answer in chapter 15 of Revelations, verses 8. 37. How will Christians be how will Christians be resurrected while they are still alive? Aren't Christians the dead in Christ that Paul spoke of? In first that's or first Corinthians chapter 15, verses 51 through 58. Question. Why is Jesus coming for us when he returns from the wedding if the rapture happens before? We just went over all this. What was it yesterday? Yeah, last week. Uh, you find that answer in Luke chapter 12, verse 36. Here's number 39. If Christians are raptured first, then how could the dead in Christ rise? First. Resurrect first. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16 answers that. And did you know that the words caught up, harpazo, 
does not mean rapture. You can check that out in a deep study. Go into your Strong's Dictionary and Numbers G726. It's right there. And also look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. You want me to do the white horse riders? Two white horse riders? Yeah, you can, Sophia. Okay. All right. And now we got a little study over here on Post Trib Network. Uh, .org on our studies, and you, and it's called the two white horse riders. It's it's a chart, and so it's just a correlation of the difference between the first white horse rider and the second white horse rider. Now a lot of these man-made churches, these pre-trib fib churches, what they're doing is they're teaching that the first white horse rider is Jesus. Well, according to Scripture, okay. Starting with verse six, Revelations verse six, yeah, chapter six, verses one through two. Okay, now this is the first white horse rider, okay, which is Satan, the Antichrist. Okay, and I saw when the Lamb opened the one of the seals, and I heard as it were the noise of of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he sat on him, had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. So, the first rider is the first seal. The first rider comes first before the other white horse rider the first rider sat sat upon the sat upon a white horse and the first rider had a bow no arrows and the first rider a crown was given unto him and the first rider is made king the first rider went forth conquering and to conquer the first right the first horse rider is the Antichrist, Satan in the flesh, and notice that Jesus is the Lamb that opens the seals, and he is in heaven. This tells us that this first rider is not Jesus Christ. So now we can look at this second white horse rider, who is Jesus Christ. We find that in Revelation chapter 19, verse 11 through 16. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he sat upon him called Faithful and True, and in righteousness righteousness he doth judge and make, make war. His eyes as a flame of fire, and on his head many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but, him, but himself, and he clothed him clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies in heaven followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen white and clean and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. 
and he hath on his, on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So we can see that the second right horse or the second rider comes after the first white horse rider. And we can see the second rider is called Faithful and True. And the second rider is in righteousness. He doth judge and make war. And the second rider eyes as a flame of fire. And the second rider, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And the second rider clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. The sec- this second rider name is called the Word of God. And the second rider armies in heaven followed upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And this second rider out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword that with it he should smite the nations. And this second rider shall rule them with a rod of iron. And this second rider he treadeth the winepress winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And this second rider hath on and on his thigh a name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So there you got it. There you go. We got two white horse riders. Number one white horse rider is Satan the Antichrist. Number two white horse rider is Jesus the Christ. So there's the correlation between that. So we're seeing that one, you know, we got we got to make sure we know the difference of uh, of who is coming in the clouds, and we got to discern these these significant times uh, of especially what we've been going over in the last several weeks now with the seals, with the plagues, with the trumpets, and everything. It's 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 keeping up. It's keeping them well being a good watchman. So. You know, just got to continue to be that. So, all right? All right, thank you so much. All right, give you back to Rand. Well, thank you, Brother Mike. You know, you know, it's one thing about it is, is you know, you got to say these things out. You know, the first thing Jesus warned us about in Matthew 24 was what? When he asked him, what should be a sign of thy coming, right, and the end of the world? What did he tell him? Let no man deceive you. He warned us of... Right, Mike? He warned us of deception. And that's what Mike's talking about there. That first white horse rider is deception. It's here to deceive us, to make us think. Oh, the scriptures always warned us that there's another Jesus, that there's another uh, another spirit, and there's another gospel. And that's what we got to be careful about here. If you also look on our site at posttribnetwork.org, we have a study on there of scriptures, another Jesus, the Antichrist. I think there's like 14 chapters of it or something like that. A lot of information, scriptures, showing you who the Antichrist is and showing you, you know, of the deception that's coming so we can understand. We've been deceived a long time of, of about who Satan really is and, and things like that. And this explains and kind of can understand what's going on. But when Jesus comes in the clouds, we know that that's when he comes to the thief in the night. We know that's when he comes the last trumpet. That's when we know also, too, the last day. And I always like going through Scripture, especially through the Old Testament as well, too, because I know that Scripture tells us by the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So I'm going to look at three witnesses here, okay? The first witness I'm going to look at showing about him coming at the last day 
is the prophet uh, Job. Job said in Job 19.25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand in the latter day upon the earth. So Job knew about it, right? Job knew about it coming, coming on the last day. Martha. Martha's the second witness. John 11.24, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. She's talking to Jesus about her brother Lazarus, who was dead. She said she knew. She knew the resurrection. She knew it was going to happen the last day. There can't be any more days after. last day has to be the last day, just like the last trumpet has to be the last trumpet, the seven trumpets. There ain't no eight. So it makes it very clear. So when Jesus comes in the clouds, this will be on the last day. We got two witnesses here. The third one will be Jesus Christ himself. In John six thirty nine and forty, he said, "And this is my Father's will, which hath sent me, that uh, that of all which He hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day." He says it again in verse forty, "And this is the will of Him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son, and rise to see Him, right, and believeth on Him." They have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. John six forty four. No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Fifty four. Same chapter. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. John seven thirty seven. In the last day. The great day of the feast, Jesus didn't cry, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. So we see right there three witnesses, Job, Martha, and Jesus Christ himself, making it very clear that he comes the last day, that he will stand upon earth at the last day, that he'll resurrect us at the last day. Judgment shall come when the last day. So it's all very clear, all these things, and judgment is the wrath of God, so all these kind of things come upon the last day. And this is when he comes in the clouds. That's why it's called uh, a day of darkness, a day of the clouds that we just read about. That's why it's called these things. So now it's making more sense of why it's being called a gloom day, a day of his wrath, a day of darkness. You know, uh, people say, oh, this is going to be such a glorious event. Well, that's not quite what Scripture tells us. You know, we see what's going on here because he's coming, as Mike was talking about, he's coming to bring vengeance, right? He's coming to destroy the wicked with the brightness of his coming. And so when we understand what's going on here, you know, then, then we can understand a little bit more what Jesus is talking about and we understand why it says what it says about when Jesus comes in the clouds of these events. Um, you know, just going to kind of recap a little bit so we can understand here what's going on. We know that, that Jesus in the Old Testament, uh, and when he, the Lord God, he comes, down in the cloud, right? We read many places through scripture, he coming down in a cloud. We know he was taken up in a cloud, right? And we're told he's going to return back in like manner. How? In the clouds. The coming of the Lord is as day is a day of the clouds. Same event, okay? Jesus comes in the clouds immediately when? After the tribulation. We've seen that in Matthew 24, 29 31, Mark 13, 24 27. Luke 21, it's all right there. We just got to believe it. But, but it's called a day of the clouds and a thick darkness. It's called a darkness and a gloomness. A day, that day, that last day, that day we're talking about here. It's called, why is it, it's called, uh, the old prophets called it the day of wrath. The day of, of it, that that day is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, distress. Um, a day of gloomness, a day of the cloud, a thick darkness. 
Why? Because because God's coming with wrath. It's the wrath of the Lamb. It's the wrath of God. Seven last vials. The seven plagues are going to be poured out upon the earth. And this event happens after the tribulation. Jesus comes in the clouds immediately after the tribulation. God's wrath has come. So we see what's going on right there. Uh, Jesus is coming in the clouds of heaven, we're told. Uh, a cloud receives Jesus, and he will come in like manner. We will be caught up when? Resurrection what? In the clouds. This is really interesting. First Thessalonians 4.17, Then we which are alive remain shall be caught up to get them in the clouds and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be the Lord. That's the one, that's the remnant, that's the 144,000. The next set will be us when we're resurrected. You know, we, we that are that are uh, dead in Christ. Revelation 11, 12, and they heard a great voice from heaven saying, come up hither. And they ascended up to heaven in a what? Cloud, and their enemies beheld them. That's where the two witnesses, when when they get killed, we talked about a little bit earlier. So got to understand this. Behold, he cometh with the clouds, and every eye shall see him. Every eye. So it's not a secret. It's not a, shh, you know, secret rapture. No, 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 no. Every eye is going to see him. The Lord's coming. He's coming in the glory of his Father. It says he's going to come who he truly is and the fullness. That's why he's going to destroy the wicked with the brightness of his coming. You know, that's what we've got to understand here. You know, you know, something else, too, I think Mike brought up, too, that kind of got my attention, too, is, you know, uh, we see in Scripture where, where you know, the Lord, when he comes, he says, you know perfectly that that day of the Lord cometh as a thief in the night. And if he comes to you and you don't know, it's because you're in darkness. Those that are in Christ Jesus are not in darkness. They're in the light. Okay? So he said, you know perfectly well. You know. Okay? You know. Because he told us these things. And so this is what we've got to understand here is that We've got to understand what he's trying to speak to us. This is why uh, um, he said that, uh, okay, right here, even, even Paul warned us. Let's look at Second Thessalonians just a little bit. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together again. Remember that happens at, when Jesus comes in the clouds, the last day, right? After the tribulation. Paul knew about this. He's talking about it. He said, we know, listen to this, that you may not be so soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us as that day, see the day? Day of Christ is at hand. What day? The last day that I told you about, okay? Let no man deceive you. Oh, is that the same thing Jesus said? Let no man deceive you. Deception's coming. He's warning us by any means. For that day, what day? The day of Christ, the day is coming, shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The falling away is those departing from the truth. Uh, the man of sin, the son of perdition, is the Antichrist. Okay, so Paul says right here that that day, that day of Christ, when he comes and calls, uh, shall not come except there come, has to come first, the falling away first, and that man of sin, Antichrist, be revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship, so that he has God, sits in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you yet that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. Paul's reminding them. And you know not what you know what would hold it that he might reveal this time. For for the mysteries of iniquity doeth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. 
and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the works of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. So you see right there? You see what he's telling us? Paul knew about it. He's talking about it here. He's talking about the coming of our Lord. He's talking about when we're gathered to him. He's talking about, you know, when that day of Christ, when that glorious event's going to come. But he's telling us that we already know. Okay, we know. He says, you, you know these things. You perfectly well, you, you know these things. Because he said, well, I told you, you know, have I not told you this? He's reminding us of this. And that's what we're doing here. We're starting each other up, reminding each other of the scriptures. We're comforting one another with these words, right? And now what we're doing, we're comforting one another with these words, which we're told to do. Let me get the scriptures on that as well, too. We're told to do this. And there's a reason as we see that day approaching. What day approaching? The day he's talking about. We don't want to be we don't want to be exposed to God's wrath. Okay? So let's look and see what, what, here what Paul has to say in First Thessalonians. Okay, I just showed you Second Thessalonians. Let's go back. Go back just a little bit. Listen to this. Okay, it says right here. Um, okay, right here in verse thirteen. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. That's those who are dead. That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep dead, in Jesus, dead in Christ, will God bring with him. Why? Because when he comes, will be resurrected. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain, that's 144,000, the remnant, unto the coming of our Lord, shall not prevent them which are asleep dead. Okay? For the Lord himself shall descend from where? Heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump, there's a trump. What trump? The, the, the last trumpet, the seventh trumpet. The trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise, what? First. Then we which are alive remain shall be called together with them in where? Clouds. To meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another these words. So when we have someone to pass on, that's what tells you, comfort one another. Remember, they're asleep. They're but they're in Christ Jesus, and, and they lay down in Christ Jesus, they're asleep until he comes in the clouds after the tribulation, after the wrath of God, they are asleep, okay? They're asleep in the grave. You say, well, how do you know that? You know, that's not what I've been taught. Well, let's go see what Job said. I bring this up a lot, but, but there's a reason for it, okay? There's a reason for it. Let's see what Job says about the dead. He says right here, and Job 14, verse 10, but man dieth and wastes away. Yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? As the waters fell from the sea, and the flood decayeth and dryeth up, so man lieth down and rises not, till the heavens be no more, that shall not awake, nor be raised out of their sleep. Oh, that thou wouldst hide me in the grave. Oh, that thou wouldst keep me in secret. Until thy wrath be passed. So it shows we're not appointed to God's wrath because we're hidden in the grave. That thou wouldst appoint me a set time and remember me. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change come. What change? Same change that Paul talked about. We shall be changed in a moment, twink of an eye, at the last trump. 
okay? Thou shalt call, and I will answer thee. Thou will have the desire of the work of thy hands. So it says right here what's going to take place and what's going to happen. So if you are a Christian, you are in Christ Jesus, you die, you stay in the grave until God's wrath, and he'll remember you, and he'll call us from the dirt grave. That's when he says come up hither. The same time that he says come up hither in Revelation 11 to the two witnesses that are killed and laid in the street dead for three and a half days. Then he says he'll say come up hither and they'll stand upon their feet, and they'll be received where? In a cloud. So you see, it, it makes perfect sense. It lines up with Scripture several places. It tells us. Jesus coming in cloud, that event happens after tribulation, at the last day, at the last trump. We see that when he comes, he will destroy the wicked with the brightness of his coming. We know the 144,000, those alive and remain, will be sealed by God, have their name put in their foreheads and be sealed. And then we see what happened next. The dead in Christ will rise, be resurrected. Okay? So it all lines up, but we have to patiently wait. It doesn't teach us a rapture. It teaches us a resurrection. It teaches us a the redeemed, which are the hundred. They'll be redeemed from the earth. It tells the number that it's going to be redeemed. We hear of redeemed. We hear of 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 uh, the wicked being destroyed, right? And we hear of resurrection. What we do not see is rapture. And that's what we got to understand here. Take time to study the scriptures. Take time to to look for these things for yourself. This is not going to be a real long, uh, you know, recording today uh, for us. Uh, but but we want people to get in there and study the scriptures, you know. And that's what we do. We get in there and we study the scriptures. We have these questions, you know, and we go and we find the answers in the Word of God. You're going to find your answers in the Word. Let the Word of God interpret itself. We don't need to interpret it. It'll interpret itself for us and reveal these things for us, so that we may know. We know who he is and know the truth. He said, you know perfectly well that the day of the Lord comes, the thief in the night. If you know that perfectly well, then then then, then guess what? <laughs> you can't be in darkness. If he comes upon you as a thief in the night, it's because you are in darkness. I didn't say it. His word says it. And that's what we've got to understand here. I'm going to bring you to the scripture. First Thessalonians five. We looked at four. We looked at we looked at three and four. Let's look at, let's look back here too. I think it was two. We looked at. Let's see what's going on here. Okay. Now listen to what he says in First Thessalonians five. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as deep in the night. He's saying you already know. For when they shall say peace and safety, sudden destruction come upon them. A child upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. In other words, you know. If you're a child of light, you know. You are all children of light and the children of the day. We are not in the night nor darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as, as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us, who are the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. What's he talking about right there? Remember what Job said? God will hide us in the grave until thy wrath be passed. And he's going to remember us what? He's going to save us. <laughs> Jesus is going to save us. You know, so that we can obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to resurrect us from the dead who died for us, that whether we sleep 
wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourself together and edify one another, even as also you do. So these were errors again, covering one another these words. Remind us, look, we're not all, we may die, but we're not going to stay dead. If we're in Christ Jesus, we're going to be resurrected. Wait patiently on the Lord. We've read many times the Hebrews of how all of us chose to suffer. You know, waiting, why? Why? What did we read yesterday about, you know, uh, they're wanting a better resurrection? Let's wait till that time. Let's not, let's not uh, you know, jump on board the first one that comes down the pipe claiming to be God. You know, that's the deception that Jesus warns about where he said when, when he says in the desert or when he says in the secret chamber, believe it or not, go not forth. He's warning us deception is coming. And those teaching this pre-trib lie, they're teaching a deception because that's not what Jesus Christ taught us. We hope that you've been, do you have anything else, Mike? We hope that y'all been blessed by this. Um, you know, we want y'all to get in there and search those scriptures for yourself. Be stirred up so that you too can endure. Remember, end times is not scary. It's prepare you. Don't forget to stop by the site, postchipnetwork.org. You can send us your email at ptntalkradio at gmail.com. You can also uh, come over on Facebook and like us at PTN Talk Radio. We have a page over there as well, too. Remember to always take it to the throne before you take it to the phone. You make sure you take it to Jesus Christ and ask him if these things be true. Where God tells us to prove all things. Jesus loves you and so do we. God bless.